Welcome to the Independent Oxford podcast, sponsored by Story94. I'm Anna, and along with my indie partner Rosie, we run Independent Oxford, which is a community that supports and champions indie businesses in Oxfordshire. In this series, I'll be guiding you through some of Oxfordshire's best indie journeys, and I hope you'll join me for the ride. Hello, and welcome to this edition of the Independent Oxford podcast. Today, I am joined by Lindsay of Start to Thrive, a coaching business started in February this year. So hello, Lindsay. How are you? Hello, really well. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That's right. A pleasure to have you. So a coaching business, you started it in the middle of a pandemic Mm. and you are fully, dare I say it, fully from the corporate world, aren't you? I am. I am indeed. So tell us a bit about you and how you ended up starting Start to Thrive. Well, it's something that I think I've been mulling over for about four years. Um, So my background is in procurement. So I worked for BMW actually for 20 years. Just across the road from where we are. Just across the road. I was just saying, actually, it was a very uh, deja vu moment driving past um, to get here. And probably started when I moved into a leadership role within BMW. Um, I didn't feel overly comfortable with that, shall we say, in the early days. Um, So I actually sought out a coach privately um, to come to grips with, what am I doing? How do I do it? Um, and he really, really supported me in that transition. Um, it was the first real interaction I'd had with coaching myself. Uh, and that's kind of where it all started from. Uh, and it started to be some, something that I got more and more interested in and started to think, would this be something that I would actually like to do? And yeah, a global pandemic um, felt like obviously the best time to walk away from a very secure career uh, and start something brand new. Um, But it was, I do describe it actually as the catalyst for it. It was, uh, my team were furloughed. So I managed a team of buyers. They were furloughed. I had to do uh, their work in addition to mine. So it was a really, really busy time working from home. Um, But strangely, and I don't understand how, it felt like it gave me more space. Um, and sort of so just sort of sitting there and really pondering this huge thing that was going on for everybody and did I want to continue so I describe it as kind of my look up moment I sort of looked up looked around what am I doing why am I doing it you coached yourself by the sounds of it a little bit (laughs) a little bit I mean I had a coaching sort of quite intensively for a period of time but then stayed in contact with my coach so I was having coaching sort of all along um, so I was exploring that a little bit as well. And yeah, I just had that moment where I said, okay, I need I need to try it. And what's going on around is, you know, okay, that's an excuse not to uh, not to try. But I thought I've made a lot of excuses. So I decided just to give it a go. Yeah. And look where you are now. Look where I am now. <laughs> yeah. So how have you found that adjustment coming from, you know, we were saying earlier, you know, a very stable job with lots of the perks that come mm. with working for a large organization to being out there on your own it's terrifying uh and exhilarating i would say in equal measure i don't think anything could have prepared me for it uh, i did a lot of planning a lot of thinking uh, as i said it was like a four-year decision but i still don't think i was probably properly prepared um but I love it. Um, it's 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 not. I get asked quite a lot. You know, was it a good decision? It was it the right decision? Um, 
And I have to say, yes, because I don't regret it at all. It's every day is different. I'm I'm in a different field to that that I was in before. So yep. although I sort of mentored um, when I was in my older role uh, and I sort of had a lot of younger people that I would bring on, it's not the same as coaching. And I'm sort of having now trained in coaching, I can recognize the difference. I have clients which are just, it sounds really cool, just the light of my life. They just, you know, they're so wonderful uh, and sort of watching them develop and sort of discover stuff for themselves yeah, variety, steep, steep learning curve. And I think being in charge of my own destiny is quite a key thing. It's sort of the, any uh, sort of red tape bureaucracy is all of my own making. So yeah. I get to, I get to strip back and make decisions quickly, try something, drop it if it's not working. And that's a very near experience Sort of the large corporate machine generally moves quite slowly. Yeah, definitely. I used to work for, um, a uh, large organization in Oxford, mm-hmm. you probably guess which one. Um, and uh, I found moving from them quite a hard adjustment in sense of uh, that red tape was sometimes a safety net for making mm-hmm. decisions. And you go and go, well, I've got to check with so-and-so and check with so-and-so. And actually being left to go, oh, well, you can okay that and sign that off all by yourself yeah. is a little bit scary. How did you adjust to that? Um, I think I'm still adjusting to it, if I'm honest. I would say probably I used to be quite risk averse, uh, as just generally as a person, um, but also in my career is a very, decisions were very considered. And I would say they are still considered, but I have become much more open to risk. Ultimately, I, I'm, I sort of bank on the fact that I've made the biggest one already. I've, I've sort of I've done it. Yeah. Uh, so everything <laughs> after that should be easier. Yeah, little um, risks. Little risks. <laughs> But I'm learning that um, sometimes they pay off. Okay, sometimes they don't, but... Um, That's life. Yeah, and just trying trying new things. Um, it feels less, ironically, like there's less riding on them, which is probably the opposite of what's true. Um, but that's how it feels. It's quite strange. Yeah. Yeah. So when you, four years ago, mm. had this decision to start out on a coaching journey and mm. you are obviously here now and you launched back in February. What What's your goal for Start to Thrive? What, 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 yeah, what are you looking for? You know, a year down the line, five years down the line, what, what's, what's your vision for it? Mm. I, want, I want to do something that creates impact. Um, so a large part of sort of what do I want to do um, professionally was driven by what's the purpose effectively. Um, and it started very much with a thought of, okay, I want to help people. So I explored all of the options around, you know, does that mean I want to go into therapy um, or, or that sort of side of the coin? And what I, what I sort of discovered by exploring it further was, no, I wanted something that was more forward facing, that had more momentum into it. And so that's sort of the why part for me. It's the interaction with not just the individual, it's with teams and with organizations as well, but it's very much this momentum piece of, of moving somebody from here to there. Yeah. Uh, and actually the discovery part of what where the there is. Because um, you become part of their journey, I guess, from that A do. to B. Or- uh, the way I describe it is you sort of, if you're doing it right, in my opinion, you you 
to a point, do yourself out of a role because somebody comes into your life, into your life looking for support with something, whatever the something is, um, and you walk next to them for a period of time whilst they're sorting it out um, because the coach is there to illuminate, ask, ask questions, have somebody self-reflect. Um, they're not there to provide answers or solutions. It's not a problem-solving relationship. So I sort of describe it as walking alongside somebody. And then at the point where they reached where they wanted to, um, or they've reached somewhere different because it's changed in the interim, the coach can step to one side and say, okay, I'm, I'm here when you need if you want to come back. But ultimately, you've, we've just reset your course slightly, off you go. Um, and so the vision is, is to grow that. The one-to-one -one client base sort of grows organically. You sort of, you start with a little collection of people and then in theory, you know, they, that sort of multiplies out as they go and talk about what yeah. they've experienced. And the the target is also to get into organizations. So coaching within a corporate setting or within an organizational setting is sometimes a bit elitist, shall we say. So you'll quite often hear about executive coaching. So you know, the the guys and girls in the, in the really nice offices uh, will sometimes get offered coaching as part of their package of well, you've, you've reached the boardroom. It's not so often seen uh, lower down. Um, and there's a real gap, in my opinion, with emerging leaders. So people new into leadership, mm -hmm. prime self-example, that's exactly when I needed a coach. That's exactly when I fortunately was able to go out and hire my own. Yeah. But it's not generally offered in organizations at that level or indeed in the, the sort of the middle levels. Um, and these people are the ones that are really on the day-to-day -day basis shaping the organization um, and, and at the operational level. So that's where I want to take it as well. Uh, I want to take it into organizations one-to-one, um, -one, but also in group settings and say, okay, look, this is what coaching can do for you. Um, it's, it remains a bit of a unknown, I think for a lot of people, what is coaching? It's, you know, not many people can answer it. It is, it is quite up in the air. It is, mm. it's quite one of the things that you can't actually pin down mm. because coaching is in some ways, whatever it is to that person that you're working in, you, well, working with, sorry. Um, because there are so many things that you can coach people on or yeah. through. Yeah, I've got um, so clients I'm working with at the moment range. I found possibly because of my own experiences that a lot of people are coming to me about career. Um, so they sort of hear the story. My, you know, this is this is how I've come into it um, and something they identify with there. So so the majority of them are career, but not all of them. Um, but they range from, you know, a particular thing at work. There's something going on for them. Very, you know, it's a, it, you can see the edges of it. There's a start and there's a finish. And then it ranges up to, I've got a couple of clients at the moment who actually are in America who are approaching retirement. So they're completely at the other end and they just sort of come in and say, well, I just don't know what I want to do. Um, you know, I can see I've got lots of different options, but I, I just don't understand what I'm going to do. Very open-ended. Um, completely. And obviously there's, you know, um, that's one of the the parts I love the most about it is that obviously everybody's unique. Um, but additional to that, then you've got all of these completely different, well, challenges. I, yeah, challenges, let's say, of, you know, where to go. Okay. Yeah. 
So is there anyone or anything or any organization that's really inspired you on this journey to changing career path and becoming a coach? Mm, I think I think it did start with my coach. Um, so I met him. He was delivering a training program sort of for my department. And he sparked the curiosity. Through him, I met a lot of other people in the profession um, okay. because it's sort of uh, it's something I now sort of say to clients myself if they're if they're interested in something it's well then go and immerse yourself in it you don't need to commit to anything you just go and immerse so I started to sort of immerse myself in that there wasn't really one particular organization as such it was more again it was the looking up part looking up looking around and seeing that there was a different way to have a profession and have a career it didn't have to be uh I'm coming to the same place you know for five days a week this is the time I start often the end time changed depending on what was going on but it was just the recognition that there could be a different way and I was lucky that I have in uh, my immediate circle of friends a few self-employed people and they were really championing it and saying come on you can do it um, and that's very inspiring when you can see other people, yeah, doing it differently and being successful. Yes, which you will be too. Thank and you. Are. Yes. <laughs> so is there anything, well, actually, do you have a typical day in terms of, you know, what your day looks like for you as, a, as an independent business owner? I do and I don't. I, when I started, when I first started, I thought, right, this is going to be really structured. I'm a very structured person. Um, so there were spreadsheets. There were, you know, on Monday at this time, we'll do this. And and it was a very interesting exercise because I, I plotted it a week out. This mm -hmm. is what a typical week will look like. Um, and I don't think I ever looked at it from the day I wrote it. Um, so Ooh. that was a... That was one of those um, coach thyself experiences <laughs> because I had no enthusiasm for that. So it was a, it was a real, it was a lovely moment actually when I thought, no, I, that's how I've lived for, yeah, that's how my whole career has been. Had to be very structured because it was, it was very busy. So I binned that okay. and I now work on a slightly looser, um, I try to work two days on the business, three days in the business, but they are not consecutive um at the moment the the one-to-one -one clients really sort of define my week for me so I work largely to their availability um and they generally move around a little bit not too much so um I'm generally coaching one-to-one -one most days for at least an hour or two and I just, it's honestly, if you'd known me before I started this, if anyone's listening to this and they know me, they'll be like, what's happened to her? Um, <laughs> but now I'm just sort of doing this sort of go with the flow, see what happens. Very much tying into this more relaxed about risk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so does that tie into anything you wish you'd known when you'd set out on this journey that you wish you'd known when you started running a business? Or are you, are you glad that kind of you came to it with a certain level of naivety, shall we say? It's exactly the word I would use is naivety. Um, and I think I think it would have been, well, I believe it was essential. Let's put it that way. I didn't come into this with my eyes closed. Um, I think uh, I think that, you know, to leave uh, something so stable and go into something um, unknown without any research would be quite foolhardy. but but certainly I was naive, and certainly that has helped. I think, Honestly, if I'd have known everything, 
I think the fear would have kicked back in. And it was fear that held me where I was for such a long time. Um, so, so not understanding certain things has been quite helpful because by then you've already made the leap uh, and you're in it. So you, you're back then into, okay, so now I need to make decisions fast uh, and make it work. There isn't anything particularly, uh, I've, I've discovered I'm not as techie as I thought I was. Okay. Um, not That's as techie. Interesting discovery. Oh, well, I, I mean, it comes back to the, you, you know, you used to have a huge departments. You used to have all these people, oh, yeah. this the huge, IT department. this huge network who, where you could pick up the phone and say, I'm not sure how to do this. Uh, and when you are a company of one, yeah, you have to wear many hats. So social media has become the bane of my life. Um, it is a, you know, it's a necessary evil, but I was never on it before I started a business. I, Not even personally at all? No, I took a sort of a decision some years ago to sort of step away. Um, it felt very liberating at the time. And then you start a business and you're like, okay, but you have to communicate. You need to, you've got to interact with these people. So I've gone back on, but it's all moved on quite a lot since I was last on it. Um, as stories, as reels and I, everything. Oh, the, <laughs> the reels are beyond me. I've had, I've actually had lessons in how to do reels, but I'm yet to venture into it. But so all of that's to come, but it adds to the variety. It really, it really does. I've had to learn. Um, yeah, I've gone from this very narrow sphere of, okay, I was procurement. It was all about, it was a very commercial role. It was, it was a lot of people skills involved in that, um, which is probably understood um, by people in that world. But now I'm everything. So, you know, accounting, software, um, marketing, ev everything. Um, and it's, I'm really enjoying it. It's a real stretch in some places, but I'm enjoying the stretch. Are there any kind of favorite things that you can pick out of that that are something that you really love that you didn't expect to, that you've enjoyed doing? For example, do you really love accounting and you thought you never would? Do you know what? It's really, it's really sad. But I think coming from coming from a world of spreadsheets, I love a spreadsheet. Okay. I do. That's and fine. I mean, there's nothing wrong with I that. I can lose <laughs> hours in a spreadsheet. Um, so I'm tracking all of, you know, um, all of my coaching hours. Um, obviously, there's the accountancy side of it, the money side of it. I love the detail. Yeah, I love the detail. Nothing like detail to bring you back down to ground. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Oh, well, is there anything... Um, that you think is particularly good about running a business in Oxfordshire? Because you have you, you've lived here for quite a number of years now. You've been in Kidlington for 10. Kidlington for 10. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think I've been in Oxford overall. I was trying to think about this. Um, it's got to be 20-something years. And I'm from Birmingham originally. Okay. Um, and then went up north to university and then came down here for the job and sort of fell in love with lots of things here and yeah. stayed. Um, Oxford does that to a lot of people. Oh, I love it. I I love the fact that it's, okay, it is a city technically. It doesn't feel like a city to me. It feels um, it feels more intimate than that. Um, everybody knows everybody. Everybody knows everybody. It's beautiful. And it's. I think it's the fact that it's loved by, it's not just loved by the people that are here, um, you know, I'm, I love traveling. Um, and when we're away, um, so we were actually in 2019, we're in Japan and okay. people said, you know, where are you from? And I wasn't really thinking. So I just said Oxford. I didn't think maybe I should say the UK. Yes. Or, <laughs> I went, oh, I'm from Oxford. And they knew where it was. And that's, I love that. Um, yeah. I love that. And it's got, it has got, you know, like it or not, it's got a kudos attached to it. And from a business point of view, that 
you know, that, that does actually carry some weight. Not a bad thing. Not a bad thing no. at all. <laughs> Not a bad thing at all. So I count myself very lucky. Um, yeah, very much. But yeah, the business is, um, yeah, I have clients in Oxfordshire and and beyond. Um, it's sort of the nature of the work, I think, that it, it sort of goes beyond that. But it's, um, yeah, it's n it helps. It's one of the things, is the faster you can um, get a client to relax, um, that's when all that's when all the work can really happen is, is when you've established the rapport, when there's trust within the relationship. Um, and it sounds maybe a little bit strange, but familiarity in any aspect is therefore helpful. Um, so being able to geographically locate me for people. So my two American clients, for example, they know where I am. Um, yeah. And that in itself just gives you a jumping off point, gives you a start point with them. Um, so it's been beneficial already, which is not something I thought about, if I'm honest, beforehand. Okay. Have you found uh, anything about Oxford's kind of business community particularly good? Or how have you found, because obviously, you know, if you're networking as part of a large corporation, it's very different to networking as, a, as an individual. How have you adjusted to that and, and found Oxford for that kind of networking? Yeah, I think, I think that... I found it really friendly. I mean, obviously, I've joined, I joined Independent Oxford um, for that reason. It was that community identity. And being, I was, I've learned through the course that I've done um, in coaching in that collaboration is incredibly powerful. And although you may be the business owner and there may only be one of you and you may be wearing all the hats, the expertise is there in the same way as it would be in another department, in a large organization, the expertise is there. And everybody um, is incredibly willing to share that um, and share their experiences. Yeah. So I've had numerous sort of conversations. I, I deliberately went out when I started, um, tapped the network and, and asked for conversations. And it's something I'm still doing now. Um, I sort of say who I am and what I've done. And I've said, look, I'd purely like to talk to you to understand what do you do, how have you done it? Um, and, and you know, is there anything we can share tips or tricks wise um, that could support each other? And in the main, people are hugely generous about that. They, you know, they really do want to tell you their story, but also give you their experiences. Um, and there is none, which is different from the corporate world. There's, there's none of this protectionism of, you know, well, that's mine. That's my idea or that's my infant or, you know, this is my competitive edge. It just doesn't seem to exist. It's it's very much a well, you know. I'll just tell you this is this is you know this is who I use for this. This is how I do this. This was I did this and it was wrong, so don't do that. Yeah, there's, there's no barriers to that, and that's really lovely. Um, it makes I've never felt lonely. I think would be the word I would use. Yeah, I would never. I've never felt lonely in what I do, and that's that's really actually very comforting for me. Yeah, there is definitely an openness to hmm. the kind of independent business community in Oxford that mm. is wonderful when you become part of it and actually, yeah, coming from somewhere that's corporate. Like you said, I think, yeah, a lot of larger businesses do have that nervousness of, oh, I can't give away my my secrets or whatever, or not secret, not even secrets, just kind of just stuff. It's just guarded. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's very guarded. It's just very guarded and it just doesn't seem to exist um, that I found um in the independent world at all everybody is championing everybody else 
uh, everybody's really wanting the others to succeed. And that and that even goes, I mean, and that maybe you could sort of sit there and cynically say, well, okay, um, but, you know, a restaurant, um, you know, is in, not in competition with a coaching company. But there are, there are other coaches in the network um, and they are all the same in the sense that they want to support. So they're happy to talk, um, happy to share. Um, you know, this is, this is what I do. This is how I do it. What do you do? Um, it's just very genuine and it's really lovely. And there's, and there's always, always crossover that, that bit you're mentioning there about a restaurant and a coaching business. Well, you never know that coaching person might want to have their Christmas party at the restaurant. It's just, there's so much crossover that, yeah, you should never underestimate that actually, well, I can't get anything from that person because they do this. And actually, it's not about getting something from someone. It's about, yeah, creating those partnerships and those collaborations that might be unlikely, but you never know. Something might come out Absolutely. of it. And it's the it's, and it's the conversation where it starts. It's really interesting. Um, I sort of made a, a bargain with myself to sort of be brave and approach people uh, in, in whatever medium and sort of say to them, can we talk? Okay, and and some people, um, and this this goes wider than Oxford, um, you know. And some people you just never hear from again, but but most of them do come back and sort of. Uh, it's within the conversation that you find the commonality. So I mean, Paul being the prime example, just bumped into him outside, and he said, "Well, I used to work. You know, I've just just discovered that you used to work in procurement in BMW, and so did I." And you're like, "Well." Bonkers, um, <laughs> absolutely bonkers. Um, Oxford for you, isn't it? Yeah, but but it's sort of you start have a conversation with somebody where you believe well, we've got nothing in common here, and you'll know you'll obviously because it is Oxford, there'll be somebody in common. Um, and, and but it's it's how business operates, and it's what I always used to say when I was training people as well. It's it's not in the spreadsheets, it's not in the numbers, it's in the conversations, and if you can invest your time into the relationships, they come back. It pays back um, because people will talk about you. I would talk about them. And that's how that's how business works. It works through collaboration and through recommendation and referral. And people. And people. Absolutely. It's crucial. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Relationship building is, is key to any business. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So you spoke about collaboration. Mm. You spoke about working with other businesses. Are there any particular kind of indie businesses in Oxfordshire that you've kind of got to uh, work with or know, get to know better um, over your period of becoming immersed in this uh, community that yeah you you really love? I've not worked with any yet, um, but I consider it a challenge going forward that I hope to very much. Um, but there are. Since joining Independent Oxford, obviously you start sort of scouting around. Yep. Um, and the first thing I did was sort of plow through the directory. And it's astonishing how many companies are in there that, I mean, uh, my husband and I are massive foodies and we're massive um, well, drinkers. That makes us sound like really awful, but <laughs> we love a drink. Um, Lots of us do. It's all right. So <laughs> I would say... Most of the uh, the food, the eateries and the drinkeries uh, we've visited, um, I, I was astonished that, uh, oh, I don't know why I was astonished actually, but Mamma Mia uh, features quite heavily in my husband's and mine's history because he's been here since he was tiny. And okay. I think it opened the year after he was born or something it's random. been there a long time. Yeah, so they're a favourite. But, um, but the smaller ones... Um, you know, Missing Bean, massive coffee fan. Um, I love them. Have you tried their donuts? I no. Don't I don't think they make their donuts, but um, 
Oh my God, they're donuts. Okay. So I went there for a coffee. Noted. During, it was during, (laughs) you know, so they were, they were operating at the door. They weren't, yeah, it was before we opened up again. They've got boxes of donuts and they were like rhubarb and custard and passion fruit and yes, anyway. I, like, I told you I was a massive <laughs> Gone foodie. Gone off on a tangent massive there. Massive yeah. foodie. And then the one, I made it, I deliberately made a note because I don't know them, but I've been, I'm following them on Instagram and uh, I'm terrified to go and um, sort of see what they do in more detail because I think it might, my husband might kill me. May & Co, this, the furniture <gasps> people. Oh, oh my gosh. God. <laughs> I just dribble over their Instagram. It's like, oh, look at this cabinet we're working on. I'm like, I have a love. I could find room for that. It's so I I love what they do. Uh, I don't know them. I've never met them. I've never spoken to them. But uh, I think I've only recently moved into this. Let's stop buying new things. Let's buy, you know, let's. So the last piece of furniture we bought was actually a refurbished um piece of old school it was like an old school science unit wow okay love it and yeah so just what they do yeah they're a lovely duo they're wonderful and and just yeah they're on my list i'm gonna hunt them out yeah they've got very envious uh, instagram feed as well that just makes you want to kind of constantly do up your home and you're like yeah (laughs) i can't put anything else in i know i know i've been my husband he brought a sofa home um which, which was for somebody else and sort of put it in the garage and i just sort of stood and stroked it and I got very firmly told that it would not be coming into our house so <laughs> but anyway he won't know if I go and see them so <laughs> <laughs> wonderful well thank you for coming to join me today thank you for anyone who is curious to find out more about becoming a one-to-one client mm-hmm. um, or perhaps bring you into their organization mm. how do they go about finding out more easiest thing is to go to the website which is start to thrive.me um everything's on there all the contacts are there and yeah i do for one-to-ones well even for organizations they can have an hour for free to sort of what i call my sort of chemistry to see if we get on um but yeah all the information's in there the programs that i'm working on um there's a program starting in october which is a collaborative project i'm doing with someone else uh and that's really stemmed out of our shared story of um looking up finding that we're not actually satisfied and then doing something about it. Um, so that's called U-Step. That's on the website as well, which will be starting in October. But all the info's in there. You can find me. Okay. And what's the website again? Uh, starttothrive.me. Lovely. Well, thank you for joining me today. Thank Lindsay, you it's been so lovely. much. Thank you. You've been listening to the Independent Oxford podcast sponsored by Story94. You can find out more about our community at independentoxford.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review and subscribe to help more people hear our indie stories. Bye for now.